Consistent self-improvement, everybody. You are now listening to American Gypsy Podcast. I am your host, Classic, and I am here with my co-host. Gypsy, and we have Robert, Dr. Robert Yoho here today. And Robert, um, go ahead and introduce him, introduce yourself and tell him a little bit about what you do and how you got started. Thank me, thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast, uh, Gypsy and, and uh, Classic. Um, thank you. I, uh, first of all, we're, we can certainly go with first names here. You can call me Robert, and I'll call you guys by your, uh, your uh, stage names. And so here's my background. Um, you know, I'm 68 years old, so I've got a 25-page uh, resume, and just like a lot of doctors sure. do in my age group. And so, but... Uh, it went through a lot of stages and the most recent stage is I did about 30 years of cosmetic surgery and I did things like breast augmentation and liposuction and facelifts and stuff like that. And I was sort of like Rip Van Winkle. I was in a bywater or kind of an eddy of medicine and I was not watching what was going on in the mainstream. And I kind of woke up about five years ago and I started looking around and realizing that there were a lot of problems. And the first thing that I got interested in was since I was into my 60s, most of the women I was treating, and they were mostly women, they were 95% plus women in cosmetic surgery. You occasionally do a liposuction case in a man, but, you know, facelifts are more difficult and so on. But um, 95% of the people were women, and the vast majority of them were over 50, so they'd gone through the change of life. And or we're going through it, and a lot of them were just miserable. And so I learned about hormone use in menopausal women. I studied the treatments, and I became uh, certified in a in a area of bioidentical or natural hormones, which are essentially means that it's they're identical to the human body. You know, we have drugs that are older that are not as natural they're not as good they're not terrible but they're not anywhere near as good as using the identical molecule for example we have horse urine estrogen primarin which everyone knows about and then the 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 bad actor the one that doesn't work quite as well is the progesterone which is chemically modified and patented it was originally patented as provera those things are off patent now but they're still proprietary and they're still being used and they're still being advertised on television despite the fact that the modern hormone variants which are made in compounding pharmacies and which are identical to human compounds are uh, are widely available and any doctor can prescribe them. So I, I, I got interested in that and I was seeing just miraculous results. I mean, these women, uh, they'd be miserable. Just, I mean, you know, some women have just they just go through hell at the time of menopause and many of them go through it for decades and they're hot they have hot flashes they have fatigue they have uh, intellectual problems they you know they're a lot of them are very irritable and the whole thing is eminently treatable with bioidentical hormones and even the older hormones so i i got involved in that and i started noticing all the different problems that were being presented by the food and drug administration and we they put black box warnings on all these things and that's a very serious warning that's put on the drug label that has to do with uh, serious problems with the drugs and they just weren't true they were just a pack of lies and so i got interested in medical corruption through hormone therapy and i studied hormone therapy i eventually wrote my book about uh, 
bioidentical hormones, which is that red one on the right there, if you want to hold that up. I called hormone secrets. And so I, um, I, I, you know, I have a pretty big experience treating mainly women. And I studied the field and, and fact-checked all the things we were doing and, uh, and got good at that. I, I mainly used, um, at, in, just to start a woman off, you know, who was 50, came in for, to see me for liposuction or breast augmentation, I just offered them a free testosterone implant. And since testosterone breaks down to estrogen, they got the women got the estrogen too. And I tell you, two weeks later, they were chirping. And I put them in through the belly button frequently. They never saw a scar, never had any since. I did it when they were asleep for the surgery. And of course, I got everybody's permission first. And if the ones were, who weren't interested, I never, I never push them too hard because, uh, you know, who can argue with, uh, you know, a 50-year-old woman? I, I, it's not PC for me to say that, but uh, it's, right. it's true and everybody knows it. So, uh, so I, I, I offered it to them. I didn't charge them, and I saw miraculous results. And I think I got more referrals from prescribing hormones than I did from breast augmentation and liposuction and facelifts, you know, although wow. that was a substantial part of my practice. So, so I, I, I went on through that, and then I retired, um, I don't know, three years ago or something like that, and I ended up um, – I ended up writing full time and I was writing about corruption because I was interested in corruption because I knew that our approach to hormones were a big mystery. And it was a mystery why we weren't using these things because it was the right thing to do. It was the best thing for the patients. And we, we weren't, we weren't doing the right thing. Instead, we were promoting these relatively expensive and patented drugs put out by big pharma. So, so I, I got involved in uh, medical corruption, and I read one thing after the other. I read about insurance companies. I read about um, y y the way different specialties are corrupt, you know, and the problems with oncology or cancer therapy. I read about psychiatry. I read about a lot of other uh, uh, specialty fields that have, have all kinds of problems, and I looked at solutions. There are no easy solutions, but... Um, I'm, I'm happy to approach any of this that you're most interested in, and we can chat about whatever you like. I guess, um, did your hormone research get you into researching the corruption in general? Or That's right. Um, the, the hormones are being hidden, and they're, they're run down by, because the, um, the pharmaceutical companies essentially own the FDA. The FDA is the regulator, and it's sort of a sock puppet of big pharma. And the reason is, is that over half of the FDA's revenues, their money that they spend, their $5 billion budget comes directly from big pharma in the form of what's called user fees. And user fees are fees that come during the patent application process. And this happened, I believe it was in 2003. And from that point on, pharma just owned the FDA. And the FDA started to regard pharma, the pharmaceutical companies as clients rather than entities to be regulated. And they, they just uh, bought and sold them. And, you know, right now, we can't rely, as you, you guys have seen during our, our COVID epidemic and the vaccine um, trials, the FDA, the FDA regulators are completely bought off. I mean, there, there are scientific points that are not in si serious dispute um, that are uh, voted 17 to 0 against uh, common sense and against what is reasonable, like the, uh, the forced vaccination. So... Um, so that it, it's a sad thing, uh, but uh, here we are, and we have to deal with it. Yeah, we're in LA. A lot of people that I guess they don't know where. Some people don't know where we're shooting from. 
how long have you been in L.A.? Long, in, long time, in 30 years. <laughs> 30 30 you're, plus you're originally, you're not no, originally. no, I'm originally from the Midwest. Okay. And I came here to train. I mean, I hate to think it might have been 40 years ago. And I, I trained at uh, USC and Huntington Hospital. And I originally trained in emergency medicine. And I uh, eventually uh, became a family practitioner. I transitioned into that. And then after uh, several years, I started doing cosmetic surgery. And like I say, I went to sleep for 30 years. It's consuming to do this work. In other words, it occupies your every waking moment. between. And my wife and I work together. She's a registered nurse. And we, I mean, we worked really hard. And there's many setbacks. And um, it's not the glamorous thing everyone would imagine cosmetic surgery in L.A. to be. You know, I mean, they're, they're, the, the surgeries pay, you know, three to five thousand dollars a piece but you you shovel the, the money over your shoulder into your expenses and your expenses are at least two-thirds and sometimes much higher of the total revenues so so we we were able to retire when we were in our mid-60s about 65 uh, but nobody got rich in my family <laughs> you know and i i don't make any money from selling these books we're selling 30 a day on amazon and so on but um the money goes into the marketing and this is a, you know, it's a passion project. And I, I think we've lost our patient first ethic in, in medicine. And so that's the major, my major interest here. Okay. So when 2020 hit, you know, cause we were here and the whole lockdown started, what was one of your first, cause I'm sure you've been here in LA for so long. You've seen LA go through some things and growth wise, but to see everything just stop like that for us, it was like, nothing we'd ever seen period what was what were you thinking or what was your knowledge of certain things then versus now well <laughs> um i was locked behind closed borders in another country for five months so uh, it wasn't a terrible experience for me but they shut down that country too um, but my first reaction I just thought it was nonsensical. And I knew that this, you know, a year later when they came out with this vaccine, I knew that we hadn't produced a worthwhile vaccine in 20 to 30 years. And these things that they claimed were worthwhile, like the influenza vaccine, were fraudulent. And any of your listeners can go straight to Cochrane Reviews, C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E Reviews, and read the summaries of the influenza vaccine studies and realize that this thing is... I mean, they paint it, they paint it as worthwhile, but for a hundred billion dollars over time, we've gotten almost nothing. It doesn't seem to prevent pneumonia and other serious diseases and death. It may shorten the um, influenza uh, experience by a few hours, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a boondoggle. And the Western countries have all been convinced to stockpile it every year. And it, the, the flu vaccine, like we're seeing with the, uh, the COVID variants changes and modifies itself over time. And you know what the jab, the jab, the flu jab that you get is, is last year's uh, virus. Another example is the HPV vaccine, which both of you have gotten uh, human papillomavirus vaccine. It's supposed to prevent cervical cancer. Japan looked at that and they threw it out the window because 50% of the studies had been concealed. Okay. And that's standard pharma operating policy. They, they, uh -huh. They ruin the statistics in various ways. They hire people in other countries as contract research groups and bribe them to do the wrong thing. And they throw studies out the window that support 
the opposite of the conclusions that they want, among other things. I mean, there, there's a, if your listeners are, want to get into the weeds on this, there's a book that was probably published 15 years ago now about how the pharmaceutical companies ruin their own studies. And it's called Bad Pharma by Ben Goldacre. And that's, I mean, it's much more overt, entitled, and obvious now. And what they're doing now with this COVID thing is the same strategies that they were using, um, you know, for the last 20 years. And before, uh, which is, you know, they're, they're essentially control their regulator. It's called regulatory capture. That's that thing about being a sock puppet for the industry. The financial industry has a similar problem with, you know, with the, uh, the huge companies essentially controlling their regulator. And, uh, and that maybe is more obvious to, to uh, listeners about the financial industry. But this industry, the regulators are the FDA and these other three-letter organizations, um, the World Health Organization, the CDC, they seem to be completely bought off as well. And the profits from the vaccine are the largest. It's the most profitable drug in history. Most drugs come out and they make a billion dollars the first year. If, if it's a big success, they have marketing expenses. They have developmental expenses. Well, this, this thing, I mean, it costs them a couple dollars a, a, a shot or a jab. And they, they, you know, they're, they made a hundred billion, hundred billion dollars in the first year. I mean, it's a phenomenal. And just to give you an idea, um, Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer, their gross revenues are something like $60 billion a year. And so this is all profit. And it's just money has fallen out of the sky on these people. And they are buying off the tech companies there. There's common ownership threads between the major companies in the world. And they all have sort of agreed on this narrative. And somehow we're getting fed this meal. And an awful lot of people have bought it, um, that this thing is, uh, not only that the vaccine is good, which is we can get into how disastrous it is, but that the therapies don't work. And uh, if the therapies were admitted to work, you know, the ivermectin, the hydroxychloroquine, even mm-hmm. vitamin D and zinc, if we admitted those things worked, then they have no excuse to do an experimental vaccine and the whole thing blows up on them, you know, and uh and so they've had to deny the existence of these, uh, these quite efficacious therapies. We, we've had viral treatments for at least a decade that were quite good. You know, this hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and zinc, yeah, and that. vitamin D. And it, they were well known to work against other viruses. And within a short period of time in 2020, when this thing started, we knew that they were quite effective against COVID. Um, but the whole thing has been denied by a wall of propaganda. And uh, your listeners have a hard time believing this, but this is standard operating procedure for big pharma. I mean, all those fake studies about ivermectin, the horse narrative, all that nonsense, that's nothing new. They've done this for other drugs over and over and over again. And when I wrote Butchered by Healthcare, which is the book about uh, healthcare corruption, my biggest gut punch was realizing that these guys had taken, you know, the pharma companies and the healthcare industry had sort of taken over the internet. And I know that sounds like a stretch, but I mean, there's tens of thousands of these things. I mean, there's, they fabricate um, studies entirely from whole cloth. And what that means is they make it up from start to finish. And there was something published in the Lancet, which is one of the big five medical journals um, about 
hydroxychloroquine causing problems. And of course, we know hydroxychloroquine is safe from B billions of doses, billions of doses given worldwide. And they, they fabricated a study and the numbers in it were all wrong. Within three weeks, the astute observers um, started screaming and they, they pulled down the study without any explanation and the, the study authors just vanished. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing that happens. There were other studies in uh, other countries that claimed ivermectin was uh, fatal to certain people. And I mean, it just goes on and on. They use the wrong doses um, to give to the, the, the subject patients and uh, claim that that was uh, a fair comparison with, with uh, you know, to see if it worked. I mean, it, it, it's the, the, the evil that we've seen from these companies is, um, I mean, it's an amazing, amazing scene. And it takes us, I mean, look, I'm not that sophisticated. I was asleep for 30 years, you know, <laughs> so, so you can't call me an academic physician or anything, but I have studied this intensively for four or five years and, uh, in the medical corruption. And I didn't get into the COVID thing until about six months ago. And I, I felt like it wasn't my province to, to examine that because I was, I was so focused on general healthcare corruption and hormone therapy. And I was busy, uh, you know, going on podcasts about that, those two subjects. But when I learned that we could probably prevent 85% of the deaths by using that simple to non-toxic combination of medicines, I, I fell out of my chair and I completely red-pilled on the whole subject. And I, I've been working full-time to debunk the COVID narratives and these global, huge global organizations which are perpetrating this stuff on us um, for ever since then. And I'm I'm a I'm a social justice warrior these days, <laughs> which I never expected I would be. You know, even Japan recently um, used ivermectin or started using ivermectin more, and they're seeing the COVID um, infections drop. Gypsy, right. you cannot keep this all secret. And there's a province or a uh, area in India which has almost the population of the United States and they gave them uh, they gave these very poor people a little packets of uh, you know it was either I'd, I think it was hydroxychloroquine but I've, I've forgotten exactly vitamin D and zinc and their rates dropped through the floor I mean they didn't have they didn't have the fatalities America has I, I think it's 15 percent of the fatalities in the world and only less than 5% of the people. So we've done the worst job in the world with this pandemic. And the reason is, is our, our companies and the censorship here has been so profound that we're doing exactly the wrong thing. I mean, if you listen to what goes on, on, uh, you know, the mainstream media, you're, and you just flip it around 180 degrees. That's, that's the truth for the most part, you know, yeah. but yeah. What it, there, the narrative is changing now. And exactly why I, I think the, the Omicron is the end of the pandemic. Okay, you guys understand that. Why it, do you say that? The reason is that Omicron is virtually harmless and it's so infectious that everybody I know has gotten COVID who didn't have it before, right? Mm -hmm. Have you, you've, your friends have gotten COVID too. Have you gotten COVID yet? No. Um. Well, you shouldn't be <laughs> afraid think, of it. We don't think we have. Yeah. Uh, we know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We could say we haven't been, you know, and that was a question I was actually going to ask as well to get your um, opinion on from people like us. You know, we've actually have taken a, a different approach to the whole thing. You know, we don't really, we've been kind of living close to normal. Good. Versus, you know, this whole time, not really only wear a mask when we have to go in and, 
Good. We, we were riding our bike through, you know, <laughs> around the city when, you know, everything was closed down to yeah. kind of take a look at some things. But I haven't been sick necessarily since we moved here. Like it's been yeah. Virginia. Yeah. So I haven't yeah. been sick in maybe five to six years. And you know, there's I, I, nothing I, okay, like, so there's, there's nothing like being in your thirties. I mean, it must be a wonderful <laughs> feeling. You've got, you should enjoy apple it. Apple cider vinegar, like a, a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar with some lemon and hot water almost every morning, because that's something that I learned about a regular cold dealing with apple cider vinegar. Um, when I was in string camp, that may be 11th grade. And when I was introduced to apple cider vinegar and, you know, if your throat was bothering you, the lady, you know, gargle with this. And that was something that I realized, learned then. Okay, that's amazing, you know, on, on the throat. So when it comes to a common cold or keeping protection from then, I, we, I, we've been pretty consistent, you know, like with apple cider vinegar. You, you know, <laughs> that's a folk remedy, but it probably is very helpful because vinegar is 4% acetic acid. And if you dilute that a little bit, or even if you use it full strength, um, it cleans out viruses in your in your throat and some people say to snort um peroxide not full strength Ooh. peroxide mm. very dilute peroxide and you can uh, we'll put this stuff in the show notes about what what people can do and where they can find help but they snort it through their their nose and out their mouth so <laughs> that goes i know that sounds a little yeah. weird or beta no different from i guess it's the same thing mucus. it's it's yeah it's no different than mucus but um to do this three times a day is recommended if you get the virus. And the odd thing is that it actually decreases both your infectivity because the stuff is stays in your mouth. And when you cough, it, it's, it's spread. So um, taking dilute betadine or provodone iodine and putting, you know, I think it's a, like a teaspoon or a couple of teaspoons or a tablespoon in a cup of water and you can use that several times a day if you're sick and it decreases the length of the illness because it kills the virus pretty well in your nose and your so this is actually it's a folk remedy but you've hit upon something that probably works just as well as dilute peroxide or dilute iodine you know and yeah. and we use uh, acetic acid and vinegar for wound care and it cleans out the bacteria and all the pus beautifully if you, you know, and you little compresses and in and out, but it, it, you know, you don't certainly don't want to hurt your nose with something that's too strong. Yeah. I can barely take water up my nose. So I definitely don't, <laughs> you're don't not, see myself you're not going to snort it through your trying. nose. Yeah. I don't see myself trying any, you know, trying that. There's ways to nebulize necessary. the peroxide, um, which you can read okay. about too. So that's a little bit easier. It's steam. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so I've heard you say, like, once you get COVID, you're good. But the narrative out there is, I like, know. people are scared and they're getting more and more shots, uh, multiple right. shots. And Okay, so there's a couple of different issues there. So yeah. let's talk about the, um, the COVID one and done. Um, mm -hmm. It's certainly, now, the COVID, like any, vac any virus, changes over time. And every virus that we've seen over a year or two or three becomes less strong. And if this Omicron is a natural form of the COVID virus, the, and the originals weren't, the originals were definitely biosynthesized in the lab and released on the world. You know, whether they were released on purpose or whether they released from a lab leak, we're not sure, but they definitely came from China. They were definitely developed by money that came from Fauci and his organization um, through Europe, and uh, I mean, it's it's an outrageous criminal uh, act, uh, given the consequences of what happened. 
but the viruses naturally become less um, strong. And we've seen that with the Omicron. And let me explain why Omicron is the end of the, uh, the uh, pandemic or epidemic or whatever you want to call it. it. Any exposure to any of these viruses creates good immunity, except it doesn't work that well for Omicron. You can get Omicron more than once, but Omicron is nothing but a little blowing your nose and a little sore throat it's absolutely nothing so but omicron does immunize you quite effectively against the other variants and likely now if you get you guys have waited 95 percent of the isolates are now omicron so you've waited it's time to go out and socialize so you can get it and then you'll never think about it again you know, it's, it'll be, and Wait, if you know, we've been out yeah. and about, yeah, yeah we've been we, out oh, yeah, the whole time. Maybe you time. want to get out to a train station or something <laughs> Oh no, we're <laughs> where they're like, all coughing up, you know, <laughs> we're traveling, we're yeah, going out. Yeah. So. Yeah. We like flew I said, in a plane and all that. We've, yeah. Yeah. We've yeah, been good. to Mexico. Oh, yeah. We've, yeah. We've, yeah. Well, we've I think, tested for it. Yeah, I think your, yeah. your, your immune systems are good. They are. And yeah. you, you certainly don't want to assume that if you, have you gotten the, the clot shot? That's what I call it. The clot shot. No, no. Right. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. It's risky. That's the new one for me. Yeah. yeah. It, it's risky. You know, it yeah. does cause, you oh, can yeah. see microscopic evidence of clots in the blood in half the people who take it. And then, you know, you've got people in your age group that get myocarditis. You've got the athletes yeah. who die on. Yeah. So it's not, it's not, it's in the range of having a major surgery. That's how risky it is, you know, and yeah. a major surgeries are pretty safe, you know, but you got your anesthesia risk and everything else. So uh, every, every few thousand people has a problem, a big problem. I mean, uh, you know, an appendectomy, it's something like one in two or 5,000 of them freaking dies you know so um I any surgery is a risk this thing you're every time you go in and progressively more with each clot shot um you you have more risk of some sort of horrible problem and there may be long-term consequences and fertility is something we're very worried about you know the women have irregular menstrual periods they if they're pregnant a lot of their fetuses die some some studies say up to 80 percent a close friend of mine's daughter immediately aborted you know she had an he, not a abortion but she had a miscarriage immediately after she mm. got the clot shot so this stuff happens and it sequesters or concentrates in the ovaries so uh, the, the the reproductive system is sort of like a canary in a coal mine and uh you know the, the people that have promoted this thing uh gates is he's a paul ehrlich fan you know who paul ehrlich was the guy that wrote the population bomb and he there was a thing when i was a kid when i when I was your age, right? When I was your age, there was this book that came out that everybody's very excited about that said, well, we're going to eat ourselves out of house and home. The whole world's going to, you know, it'll, it'll be terrible. And back then there were only four or 5 billion people in the world. Now there's seven, right? And we've done very well. The starvation has gone down in Africa to 10% from 40 or something like that. The technology has saved us in so many ways. The, the crop the crop yields have gone up 50-fold in the, a decade. I mean, it's just, I, I'm, I'm not wow. quoting exact figures, but uh, the st there have been stunning technological uh, advances that, that, that have, uh, you know, the, the, the common plight of even the poor people has improved. Um, but, um, but back then, everybody was all excited about this. And Gates's father was almost, a, you know, he, he was very into the, the, the narrative about the population bomb and this Paul Ehrlich guy who he's been discredited. I mean, right now we understand the, the global population is still increasing a little bit, but 
according to the statistics, it's going to peak in a few years and start going down. And I mean, the the numbers since coincident with the clot shot don't look good. The mortality or the fatality rate has gone up 40% in America as measured by an wow. insurance company in Indiana. And that's a big sample size. In other words, they, they've got, I don't know, millions of people in the, in yeah. the insurance. And so they, they've never seen anything like that before in their 50 or 100 years history. So in 2021, the death rate was stable. And then when the clot shot was, in 2020, the death rate was stable. In 2021, when they introduced the jab, and this could be a coincidence, but it's a very big coincidence. You know, it may be the lockdowns, it may be the kids' suicides, it may be traffic accidents that have gone up. Uh, that's, you know, who knows what it's been. Yeah. But it looks like the jab has caused a lot of fatalities. And the trouble is, it's hard to establish causality. You can't, you know, if somebody, if I give you a shot and you drop dead in the first five minutes, you're pretty sure that that's what it was. But if you have a heart attack in two weeks and you're 65 years old, it's like, oh, well, he could have had that heart attack anyway. So um, the statistics don't look good, but there are large number of statistics and uh, and establishing exactly what's happening based on, um, you know, based on uh, cause and effect is harder. But it's it's looking very suggestive that the clot shot is increasing mortality. Now, that doesn't mean we're all going to die. 40% increase over the death rate. I mean, you know, 8,000 people die a year, a uh, day in America, right? So that's means, uh, you know, whatever it is, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12,000 a day for, for a, yeah, I can't do 2021. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I can't either. I mean, I, I, I had to count on my fingers real quick. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, so that, that's, it's, it's very worrisome. So that was part two of your question. Um, the vaccine has been, terrible it's uh you guys know about the VAERS system v-a-e-r-s yeah, okay. reporting yeah so in a nutshell we have this flawed reporting system uh in the united states but it's the best in the world probably i mean there's a similar system in europe which which has similar results there's been no vaccine that has ever been allowed to survive past 50 deaths they throw the vaccine right off the market wow. but there's there's 20,000 roughly reported deaths and over a million complications from the vaccine that have been reported, right? And the figures are flawed in various ways, but there's a general, it's generally acknowledged to be underreported. In other words, it's probably deaths are five times or 10 times that. So it's the deaths are 100,000 or 200,000 total or even wow. more. And the number of reactions, those don't get reported at all. I mean, if you feel really sick as hell for five days that doesn't get reported they just go down and go go home and go to bed but the and the hospitalizations um a, a couple of months ago were over eighty thousand. i don't know what they are now but there's it's a huge huge thing and the, the people that study this data bank um are very worried it's it's it hasn't been properly supervised by any regulatory agency we've just let it alone but it's fortunately it's operated and there's a window on what's going on through this data bank so it's quite credible there definitely is a problem houston yeah yeah i mean it's a horrible problem yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of deaths, a lot of deaths. And I don't know how anyone can deny it now with all these young people dropping dead on the football fields. You know, it's incredible. I mean, I guess I've been seeing a lot of videos of that and I wasn't sure if that was what it was, you know, you can grab 
there's you know, seen- footages of people collapsing, yeah. but I've been seeing a lot of that. There, there seems to be something about strenuous athletics when you get this thing. And it's, it's, I mean, it's toxic and it's thrombotic. In other words, it causes clots. So it, it's got acute or right away effects that are very, very negative. They're, you know, it's a, it's inflammatory. And the, I mean, the, they, the, these people have died from a lot of different, in a lot of different circumstances, but it just, it, it, it's terrible. There's about a thousand studies now that say the vaccine is terrible. And this is not brought out by the mainstream media. I mean, there's about a thousand studies. If, if your listeners want to educate themselves, um, we'll put in the show notes, some, uh, basics. And, uh, I suggest, um, Joe Rogan's two, two videos, which you've heard about, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's the, these guys are at the top of their game and they're courageous academics who, one of them's published 650 papers and the other one is the inventor of the technology that the vaccine was created upon. And he got very sick when he got the vaccine and that may have helped red pill him a little bit because he, his blood pressure went up to uh, 230. And as he fortunately was in the hands of a cardiologist who controlled it and he, he survived his uh, second shot. But, um, but you know, having a personal experience like that or getting COVID after you've suffered through three of the shots which is that's yeah. the experience the rest of the country is having all these uh, right. yeah, I'm th- seeing that too. talking heads and newscasters and then they're you know they're saying i was supposed to be immune and of course the vax conveys no immunity it doesn't prevent infection it probably spreads people wh- who are vax probably spread the virus faster and you guys know this i mean this is almost common knowledge now so kinda- what is your opinion on natural immunity because i've been having people tell me that like natural immunity is not going to help you in this case of COVID. And I'm like, okay, I don't. Okay. So natural immunity is what you get after you've had Omicron. And mm-hmm. there are things you can enhance and you're going to get it. I mean, no doubt about it. You're walking around, you're going to get it. You're going to have the sniffles for two days. And the worst case uh, is probably three or four days of feeling crummy. I got real COVID. I probably had Delta about two months ago and I, you know, I'm 68, so I took all the meds. I mean, I'm sophisticated. I had them in my cabinet before I got it, and I still was pretty sick for three weeks. My wife got it, who she's a little more frail, um, but she wasn't as sick as I. I think the women don't usually have as much trouble as the men for some reason. Yeah, I think I'm hearing the men have a little more complications. Yeah, um, but uh, natural immunity is good, and you can improve it by using some easy supplements that you sh- everyone should take. And if you can get your vitamin D level up to 100, very few people have a lot of trouble. And you can have that checked by your doctor or you can go to lifeextension.com and pay them uh, $60 or whatever it is. You know, you Google or you search for lifeextension.com and um, vitamin D levels and you can, they'll, you pay them with your credit card. You check the, you know, you print up the, the lab sheet. You go to your local lab core blood drawing station and they'll check it and they'll return the result to you via email. So you can tell, but if you're under a hundred pounds that generally uh, people take 5,000 international units and over a hundred, uh, 200 pounds under 200 or over 200, they take 10,000. And if you get sick, you might consider taking a larger dose for seven days just to bring the vitamin D up. You guys take vitamin D? Uh, no. You can get that stuff at Costco. Uh, rock, rock hounding. And we will <laughs> now. The sun. Yeah. You definitely should. Yeah, but yeah. you know the Florida lifeguards have D levels of 130. 
So they, they, you know, the doctor would see that and he'd say, what have you been doing? Eating vitamin D's by the handful. And they're, they're fine. They just get it from the, uh, but darker skins have trouble building their D level. We've all been trained to use sunscreen. So that, that interferes with it too. So you can buy this stuff at Costco for next to nothing. I mean, it's very cheap. Yeah. I've been seeing that would definitely zinc, grab zinc, some. Zinc is a good idea too, 50 milligrams a day. Yeah. And zinc is the best antiviral, I mean, we have. And that's these um, hydroxychloroquine and the uh, ivermectin, which are prescription drugs here. Um, those things are, um, are over-the-counter many places, and those help the zinc, um, you know, somehow fight okay. the COVID virus. And there's a nutraceutical called quercetin, Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N, which is... I mean, relatively cheap. You can get that at lifeextension.com or mercola.com. Um, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be in your mailbox in three days, and you can take that too. And that, that definitely helps. And you, you, you guys have nothing to worry about. I mean, your age group, nothing freaking happens. You might get sick, but, you know. Right, yeah, we don't yeah. really. Being overweight a is a little bit more it. of a problem. But it's not, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, you're very unlikely to have problems. And now it's 95% Omicron. And Omicron is the end of this thing because it's going to it's going to supply natural immunity for everyone. Now I'm not saying they're not going to make up something new. They've got all these other variants to scare us with. But the course of viral disease is they become less and less and less severe as the virus mutates. And if this thing was um, a bioweapon, somebody didn't get the memo to make it bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm seeing the Omicron is like. The symptoms are a regular cold. It's a regular yeah. cold. And and yeah. then you don't have to worry about Delta or any of the rest of them. I guess to dive a little deeper, what are some of the things that's actually in the uh, the clot shot? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I like that. The clot shot. shot. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not an expert at that. But um, it's just it has a very – see, the thing about COVID and the clot shot is they both – give you this spike protein, which is the toxic part of the virus. And, the, the, and the, you know, the ordinary vaccines, they kill whatever it is and inject it into you, and that provides the immune response. But in this case, they inject the bad stuff into you, and then it spreads throughout your body for up to a year, 18 months. I mean, this stuff doesn't go away right away, and you get boosters, and you each successive booster you've got an, another chance to get all these toxic symptoms and so so we've got something that produces only two to four months of decreased disease activity and the recent shots the recent jabs have been directed against the first variant right so they're no good they're virtually useless against these other variants including omicron so yeah. it's just a completely futile thing to uh, to take them and you're taking all the risks of the clot shot and getting almost no benefit even the first clot shot was 2 to 4 months of decreased disease activity without any immunity in the long run see any any getting any viral illness produces usually a lifelong immunity lifelong they they call it cellular immunity and uh, and this thing produced no immunity and it made you more infectious and most of the people in the hospital now a disproportionate number have already been jabbed two or three times i mean it's sick it's just totally sick and these these statistics are evident to everyone um, who's a serious uh, you know a serious student of this stuff and it's being suppressed by this wall of censorship and 
I mean, it, it, it looks to us, it looks to astute observers, and I guess I count myself as astute. I at least study pretty hard. Uh, it looks like a power grab. And uh, people, places like Australia and um, Germany and Austria, Austria and Canada, the politicians are just insane. They seem to want to grab and control everything and put you in a in a vice where you have to take the, the shot every every three to six months and, uh, you know, give you a social credit score. That I mean, it's just, it's not what I grew up to, to ever think I'd see. And in the course of two years, we have destroyed our constitutional amendments with the exception of number two. That's the right to bear arms. We can still do that in most places. Um, but uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's a, it, we're living in a sci-fi novel. You know, I mean, we're living in the 1984, you, you know, which I hope you guys, if you haven't read yeah. it, you got to, you, you got to pick it up, pick up a copy and look at it. And it's just, I mean, it's, there's a lot of common threads. Yeah. Cause um, we just recently made a drive from, um, well, we went to um, Mississippi and Georgia for Thanksgiving. Good for you. So we had a chance to kind of get a radar on what's going on. Good for you. All the way across the border. Yeah. And L.A. is actually one of the only places when coming back that's actually... Wearing the masks and all that. Yes. Yeah, good for you. So, like, um, we stopped in Sedona. Yeah, you can walk yeah. into the grocery store without a mask. You can Texas. go to a place. Yeah, Texas, everywhere else. Nobody's... You know, it's nothing like this L.A. Yeah. LA. It's the east and west coast. These politicians are crazy, power-hungry, power-grab... I mean, it's it's a wild scene right here, right now, in the train yards. They're snatching, se- they're breaking into seventy containers a day. I down saw here. that. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's very depressing. Clip. It's it's a it's a breakdown in our rule of law, and it seems to be encouraged by these large forces. And they they have this fantasy that they they can break our whole society apart and reset it and put themselves in charge. I mean, that seems to be the and I, I know it sounds like a little too much, but when you get into the finances of how the world is run, the, 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 all these corporations, these major corporations are all owned by three entities, right? You've got BlackRock and you've got Warren Buffett's group. What is that called? Berkshire Hathaway. And you've got Vanguard. So down from that, you've got these tech companies, which are all owned by those three. And I mean, it is... It, it it just doesn't seem possible to me either, but the things we've seen, I mean, I mean, I've been in close contact with my friends in Australia because I do podcasts over there and I mean, it's, it's dystopian. I mean, it just is, it's crazy. I mean, they've got people in, you know, the Aborigines, Aboriginal people, some of them are in camps and I mean, it is just crazy. They're demonstrating, but I'm not sure that does any good. It seems like the path out of this is to find the few judges who are left who haven't been bribed or intimidated or threatened and get them to make some, you know, some judgments about and, you know, hopefully get some of these people uh, convicted. There there are moves afoot afoot to convict um, Fauci and Gates and some of these other people in absentia in South Africa, for example, and they've got some judges there. There's a group of 50 international lawyers who are trying to put together the criminal cases. And, uh, I mean, there's a whole lot of worse stuff than that, but I'm not sure how sophisticated your audience is. And I don't want to, 
them to think I'm totally crazy. No, this is, <laughs> like I said, it's still more about us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as sure. far as the conversation here, so. But, know. like, what's happening, I guess, in the hospitals? Like, oh, my doctors, God. I'm not seeing a lot of doctors, well. Standing up. I don't, yeah. Yeah. So, and is we it. We understand career-wise, but. Are they kind of brainwashed into it, or they're busy, or is, like, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> or okay. they're just trying to keep their job. And There's a lot of threads here. Okay. Yeah. Now, first thing is we've been trying to figure out, or the, the leaders of this um, group who've been trying to debunk this have been trying to figure out WTF has been going on. You know, we just don't understand it, how people can get into this mindset. But um, Stalin said, a lie repeated off enough becomes the truth, right? So we're, we're getting programmed by this this incredible propaganda effort, we likes of which we've never seen before. The world is getting this thing uh, beaten into them on a daily basis from every platform. And the remarkable thing is these different news platforms use the same words frequently to say that whatever the, whatever the story of the day is, they say it over and over and over. So um, the doctors... Now, part of the theory about this is that we have had, we have something that is almost like a mass hysteria or a mass craziness or a mass psychosis, which means you're nuts, you know, mass formation psychosis. That's what these uh, psychologists are claiming it is, right? That's the, their name for it. And a third of the people are taken in. And the, the, the strangest thing about it is the best educated and the smartest ones seem to be most vulnerable, can you imagine that? Yeah. Can you imagine that? The blue-collar people, they just look at it and say, this is obvious bullshit, you know, and and they go on their way. And what you saw in the middle of the country was a, a, a wave of people that shook their head and never believed a word of it from start to finish, you know. Um, so we've got these people on the coasts coast who are purportedly intellectual, you know, they've got academic degrees, and they tend to think in lockstep. Now, as far as the doctors go, <laughs> We seem to have a thousand or two thousand out of the one million doctors in America who have their heads screwed on tight and right, and who are willing to prescribe the drugs, treat the patients, and save lives. And that's Peter McCullough's. Peter McCullough's estimate was there's only five hundred of them. But you know, just to be generous, wow. to be generous, you know, a couple thousand out of now i think it's higher than that but i i think there's 500 of them that are really able to stand up now you got to realize what i am i'm retired i i've even um resigned my medical license i don't have anything to lose so i'm and i'm i am thoroughly outraged and but a lot of people still have to support their families and so on so the medical boards in all 50 states every single state have sent letters and communications to their doctors saying that quote COVID misinformation will not be tolerated. We'll take your medical license. And they're doing that even in Florida. The governors can't wow. stand up against these medical boards because they're they're specialized and they supposedly have specialized information. So um, now the, the last part and the worst part of your question is WTF about the hospitals. That's the worst story of all. I mean, this is, it's an incredible story. Um, <clears throat> in the hospitals, the hospitals are incentivized to for various things that have to do with covid they're in, they're in, they're given whatever it is 10,000 or 5,000 for just diagnosing it on people who come in and a lot of the times this wow. is an incidental finding they're not sick with covid 
they they test positive so they test everyone they get a, they get a check for every one now with every person that they treat with remdesivir which is a drug that kills 25% of the people who who get it i mean can you imagine that not the not the virus but the remdesivir oh, kills a quarter so they get yeah they get incentivized you know $20,000 i don't know what the exact number is but the amount of incentive given to each hospital for each patient is in the range of $100,000. They are incentivized for deaths. And what's the thing with the respirator? The thing with the respirator is that the traditional treatment for blood oxygen that goes down is when they get to a certain point to put them on this ventilator. But it seems to be... It seems to be a near fatal move for most of these people. Now, some of them get off of it. And there is a place for ventilators because it can push the um the oxygen into the blood better um than, than breathing air on your own and your 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 lungs can't uh you know they're not strong enough after a certain point to do it so um so it has a place but there i believe there are financial incentives for ventilator use i don't know for sure about that one but there are definitely financial incentive incentives for reporting deaths right now there's also the retail, I mean, I can hardly even say this, retailing the remdesivir, the hospitals get 20%, a standard kickback for every drug like that that they use. And these are, you know, these are $20,000 drugs. In a physician's office, the oncologists or the cancer doctors make their living over half of their income from retailing cancer chemotherapy drugs. So that sounds okay to you guys, but if you think about it, it means they're incentivized to use the most expensive new drug whether it works or not, and no nobody can get around financial incentives. I mean, there is there there. I think it was uh, Upton Sinclair said. Let's see if I can get this right. He said, uh, n- "No man can uh, deny the u- usefulness of a of something if his if his uh, uh, income depends on admitting that it works." Right, and that's doctors are human human too, and anyone that takes a financial incentive, even a meal from a drug company their behavior is altered. I mean, the meals are the thing. (laughs) The drug reps, I mean, I can go on and on. The drug reps use the three Fs, right? You know, the three Fs are food, friendship, and what's the other one? Food, friendship, and uh, there's another one. But they also, some of the drug reps use the fourth F. (laughs) We don't mention that on a, on a PG podcast, but, but, you know, you can imagine, imagine that the, the, the three F's plus the fourth F's, they make a lot of money for the much more than uh, it blows up prescribing, so to speak. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry about that stupid joke. That wasn't quite PG. Okay. Yeah. There's enormous amount of money, enormous amount of money made with, with, uh, with, with bribes. And that's what it is. We're allowed to bribe the, the companies are allowed to bribe Congress. I mean, the, the size of these things, these companies, the collective healthcare budget is the same size as the entire federal government. Just think about that. The federal government takes in 3.5 trillion in tax revenues, right? And spends a lot more than that. Well, healthcare is 4 trillion. Okay. So it's about the same freaking size as the federal government. So they're very powerful. They bought off Congress. They're the biggest lobby in Congress Mm -hmm. and the pharma is a huge part of it. And this drug has turned pharma into the, I mean, it's gotta be, it's got to be the most profitable industry in history. I mean, this is, it's, Pfizer had 50% profit margins for five years, right? 
This year, it might be 85%, might be 75% pure profit because they got a drug. They don't have to advertise. The government does the advertising and the, and the gross revenues are much more than their entire gross revenues for the whole company in prior years. I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy. I heard Moderna didn't turn profit until this vaccine. That's right. Now on the positive side, um, uh, Moderna and another company that I forget the name of their stock dropped recently. And the reason is that there are, there are some good things happening, right? At least in theory, the world health organization, um, said that the subsequent shots, and this is obvious, they didn't say this until it was obvious to even the janitors in the hospital, that the subsequent shots were not a good idea because it was obvious to everyone they weren't even directed against the, the current virus. They're direct, it has no effect on Omicron. Um, but the World Health Organization said that, and the stock of these two companies dropped. But Pfizer's stock is still riding high because they're coming out with another clot shot in March, which is ominous. I mean, it's ominous if, if, if they're allowed to push this thing and in these countries have become totalitarian, you know, I mean, Germany and Austria and Australia and Canada, I mean, they'll probably sell that stuff there. I don't think it's going to wash in the United States. I think they're, they're at least half of us have woken up and, uh, you know, I'm just a little ahead of the curve because I, I studied medical corruption and, and then I started studying this full time and I've got full time to devote to it. I, I, I just read all this crazy stuff eight eight hours a day and, and go on these podcasts. And new info keeps on coming. It's crazy. It's yeah. new every week or two, and you'll get my newsletter from now on. And, you, I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying to explain the thing, not to the super sophisticated, but to everybody else. And I'm trying to write. That. Yeah, of course. That's where the rubber meets the road. If we, and once you are red pilled about this issue, it sounds like you, you never believed a word of it to begin with. You've got an innate common sense (laughs) and you just shook your head from the start. Well, I feel like when COVID happened, people forgot that some of these like Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson, and I don't know Moderna previously, but these two companies, I don't know them to be like, you know, very caring company. I know that there's a lot of lawsuit that happens. Okay. And so it's like way worse all of a that. sudden now there are saviors <laughs> yeah. because you're panicked about uh, COVID is not, you know, I didn't forget about them. <laughs> She's got a level head on her head. She's got a level <laughs> head, right? I remember yeah. just day one with the mask thing for yeah. me. It was just, all right, am I going to believe them when they tell me it's okay to take the mask off? And that was one of the things with me that was like, no, I'm not going to believe them. And then I've been in L.A., it's been smoggy, and then there's no traffic, and the air is as clean as it's ever been. And I'm like, I'm going to just have to take my chances with the clean air, you know? <laughs> and just... And that's where it started for me. It was just like, all right, I'll just, you know, I haven't been sick since I've been here, so. Well, we have 100 mass studies, and they all show that they don't do F all, yeah. right? Yeah. And we've got two, you know, ruined studies that claim that they do something. So, and these, as far as these pharma companies go, you have a very gentle and kind idea about what they're up to, okay? I'm going to tell you a little more accurately. This industry is the most criminal industry in history as measured by their federal criminal settlements with U.S. prosecutors. Billions of dollars a year. And they're so big that they can't tear them apart. Now, remember Enron, 
they took down their their leaders, threw a couple of them in jail, and I, you know, I don't know what happened. You know, the Arthur Anderson, I think, was dismantled. It's an accounting firm that was involved with the Enron scandal. But these companies are so big and powerful, and they their their lawyers are passed back and forth between the industry and the regulators, right? You're, you're an FDA regulator for a while, and then you become an industry. You get $2 million a year in your industry job, and they all know it. Um, so the best they've been able to do is get these settlements of billions. I mean, some there's a settlement for $3 billion. I forget which company is. Pfizer's got a $2.3 billion settlement once, and it's, it's trivial compared to the number of people they've killed. And they're indifferent as to the results of their their actions as long as they make money as long as there's a net and when you're when you're a 60 billion dollar a year company paying a 2.3 billion dollar fine or even a 5 billion dollar fine it's freaking pocket change you know yeah. Yeah. so the these guys they've been called uh, mobsters by many people including Peter Rost who was a former Pfizer marketing VP um there was another uh, fellow named uh, Loind, L-O-Y-N-D, who said, if we put horseshit in these capsules, we could sell it to 95% of these doctors, right? And that's their attitude towards us and the patients, right? Yeah. And then the, the, uh, they produce so much fraudulent research. The BMJ, British Medical Journal, is the sort of the last man standing in the medical journals. The rest of them are... Terrible. They 95% ghostwritten by the pharmaceutical companies. 95% of the articles are written and slanted by the companies. And their editors are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars each every year uh, to support these narratives. The, er, er, the editors are the most sophisticated people in, in medicine, and they shouldn't be playing games like this, but they, they're, they're bribed. So the BMJ had an editorial that was titled Time to Assume healthcare research is fraudulent until proven otherwise. That was three months ago. So, I mean, this, the, the, the evil that we're seeing and the, the, the lies is just, I mean, I've just fallen out of my chair every day for the last six months. And I, I, I fell out of my chair before that, just reading about the uh, healthcare corruption when it was more covert, more covered up. So. Fossey is good as his wordplay as well. So you can tell from that's where he, (laughs) See this. Learn from <laughs> this is a guy with some common sense and some. You know, you you looked and you were an independent. Your thought process was independent, and you just shook your head and said BS to the whole thing. I yeah. can see it. Yeah. yeah, Fauci is a career criminal, and one of the big turning points recently has been the publication about two months ago of um, RFK Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci. And if you haven't looked at that, you should because I've been hearing a lot about that. I haven't. Yeah. He he is he has been responsible for probably a trillion dollars worth of health distributing healthcare funds from the United States government and our pockets into the pockets of worldwide researchers, including the money that he sent through Europe to the Wuhan labs in China. And he's I mean, it's it's a complicated story, but he he, his template for what's going on now were his, were his funding the development of AZT. I mean, this guy's been around 40-plus years, and he's 80 now. So um, he, he's just tremendously powerful. He's ruined careers of people who cross him. And, I mean, RFK Jr. thinks we're going to get him. 
and get him to resign anyway. And he seems like a good sacrificial lamb for the, the people in charge to offer up um, and claim it was all his fault. But it, it, this stuff doesn't happen without a web of uh, cooperation uh, from these major financial interests. Fauci, um, I mean, he's been responsible for programs in the United States that basically, I mean, they've killed, they, I mean, you got to read this thing to believe it. Definitely. So anyway, and in Africa, many drugs were tested and the people, the identities of what was going on were concealed. I mean, one small example, I don't know whether you've ever heard of this uh, birth control injection. I used it earlier in my career because it made a little, little money in my office and I thought it was okay. Well, we soon discovered that the women gained 15 pounds a year when they took it, right? It's wow. Depo-Provera. I never trusted birth controls, no. but... When I was in high school, a lot of my friends um, were on birth control, and I noticed the weight gain yeah. and different things, mood swings, and and I just never really trusted it. So. it. It's The oral birth controls have gotten lower dose. They're better than they were. But um, I think probably the best birth control is an IUD with possibly a small amount of hormone on it. And the one that I think is the lowest hormone is called Skyla, S-K-Y-L-A. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, that's, I'm retired. Don't take any advice from me. <laughs> here's, here's the disclaimer, this right? This is and not I, medical I, advice. I, for, I forgot to do the disclaimer at the beginning, I think, unless I, I did. Well, anyway, so this is um, not individual medical advice. You know, I'm retired. If you have a problem, uh, find yourself a doctor and get some advice from them. Use at your own risk, right? But yes. of course, you, you have an idea of how intensely I've studied this and how credible it is. Yeah. Definitely, and I'm learning yeah. a lot. Yeah, definitely learning the most. So a question about, I guess, um, switch around with it, uh, fifth generational Wi-Fi harmful effects. Okay, I, I don't, I'm suspecting that the narrative about this is it's true. But I don't, you know, I'm not the guy to answer it, but I can point you to sources and you can learn about that. Um, I have come, over the last six months, I've come to greatly admire RFK Jr. And he's been uh, run down by his whole political group because he has been fighting to get the truth out about the vaccine and COVID and many other things. And he originally started as an environmental lawyer and he won huge judgments against Monsanto with a team of lawyers, I mean, in the billions. And uh, and this guy's a, a true American hero. He doesn't seem to do anything but fight for what we're, our interests are. I mean, he doesn't see, he doesn't need the money, you know, he's, so, so he, his website, um, Children's Health Defense is the best information about this. And you guys read it and look at the references and see what you think. It seems like a step too far to me, even right now, but this guy has achieved a lot of credibility to me, and I'm, I just follow him around like the Grateful Dead used to be followed around by their fans. You know, I follow him around virtually. I listen to every podcast, and uh, incidentally, the best podcasts, to if you want more information, are the Mercola, M-E-R-C-O-L-A podcasts, and he's also got, uh, you know, newsletters and so on and so forth. His, his whole um, work of 25 years is on Substack. You guys know about Substack? No. no. Substack is a relatively new platform. It's probably two years old. 
that supposedly isn't censored, right? So we have all these other problems. We have problems with these platforms. BitChute looks like it isn't censored. Rumble looks like it's owned by Chinese interests, right? So we don't entirely trust Rumble not to sell us out. Uh, but Substack seems to be individually owned um, by someone in San Francisco. I don't know whether that's good or bad. You know, it depends on him. <laughs> you know, he may sell it to Google. Um, but, uh, you know, the center of the censoring is Facebook, YouTube, owned by Google, Amazon. You know, and Amazon's allowing us to print and publish books. I think I, they have censored books. They shouldn't do it, even if they're a Holocaust wow. denier or whatever. But they have censored books, but not too many. I and didn't they, know about that. I didn't know censored they censored books. Oh, yeah. Books. yeah Go, you can search now. for Amazon censored, censored book. And they're, they're, they mainly s- seem to censor books that are terrible books, you know, that are written by horrible people, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't think any, anything should be censored. I mean, we've right. got our First Amendment right. rights, and, and this is central to our republic. And Censor the news. Yeah, the news is entirely, <laughs> is entirely ruined, you know. And, yeah. But source of information, um, while we're on this, um, I like Peter Bregan, B-R-E-G-G-I-N at bregan.com. He has a podcast, which is excellent, and he's interviewed a lot of the key players. And we do have to get back to the hospitals because there's a whole oh, yeah. story with that. Um, and then uh, RFK Jr.'s Children's Health Defense or Children's Health Defender website and podcast. That is fabulous. And if you read that, your respect for that guy will grow and grow and grow and grow. And his book, uh, The Real Anthony Fauci, and Peter Bregan's book, which tells even more about the global problems and was published, I don't know, nine months ago, and is it's phenomenal. Um, it's called COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. COVID-19 and the global predators, we are the prey. And that thing uh, goes into the links between these major um, financial entities and the countries that are involved, including China. And everything, a lot of this seems to lead back to China, but I don't think they could have done anything without our billionaires and our, you know, some of our government organizations, including the CIA. I mean, it's, it really is, it just sounds absolutely insane that you could put all this stuff together and it's all being weaponized against us. But fortunately, some of these narratives are getting turned. And uh, I mean, at least until the midterms, I think we're not going to get attacked as aggressively because they're trying to say that they're, they're, they're responsible individuals in charge and everything's going well. You know, everything, the pandemic's over, right? Omicron mm-hmm. cured it. But uh, it, it's not true. There's, there's, right. They've got other plots in the works and it's inevitable after what we've seen. I mean, we, we've, we've lost so many of our liberties and, and uh, um, American freedoms in just two years. I mean, it's insane. That's 250 years worth of constitutional law. And, you know, we don't really have, I mean, these, these crazy people in, uh, in D.C. are being held uh, without bail and without, you know, I mean, it's just their, their rights have been destroyed. And uh, so, and I, it's hard to imagine how the vaccine effort could have occurred because it's all contrary to law, established law and the rules that existed. It's against the law to have a vaccine when there are viable treatments. Any treatment will, will uh, experimental vaccine, any treatment rules out that whole program. I mean, it's not, and it's, it's more complicated that. than that, but it's, it's. Seems like we broke that. all the we, rules for COVID. We've broken yeah. all the rules, many rules, but we're still here. And we're still talking about it. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think the, the narrative is turning. And I you know, my YouTube videos are not getting censored as avidly. So okay. you might be able to throw this up and uh, it might be okay. 
Well, you know, yeah. 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 got to try. You know, yeah. we've, I've told myself no before a lot of other people have told me no, and I've learned that in life sometimes. So it's like, all right, I, I got to tell myself yes, at least, at least try it, and you know, yeah. let them tell me no. <laughs> I, I like you guys. I mean, I can see how close you are, and you're an independent thinker, and uh, we, she is as well. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, we can talk a little bit about hospitals. Okay. Because, yeah. Okay. yeah, we rode by some hospitals during the, the 2020, and they were kind of empty. So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, so in the, so we've, we've talked about the, the benefits the hospitals have gotten from the COVID thing. And the, um, you know, I mean, again, I can hardly even, I can hardly even say it. At the beginning, and even now, the people are instructed not to do anything, not to take any of these treatments that are quite effective in the first week. And they're supposed to wait at home until they get so short of breath they can't breathe, right? I mean, how crazy is that? And not go to their doctors and then present to the emergency room. And then they get this drug, remdesivir, possibly, and they get admitted and possibly a tube stuck in their throat and ventilated. So, I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. And the, the, the hospitals have been almost like, I mean, in some cases, they're almost like prisons. I mean, the, these these crazy doctors and hospitals that are ruled by the medical board, ruled by these standards that are invented by the doctors who are paid by the pharmaceutical companies, and they preside over this mess. Now, one ray of hope in all this is the monoclonal antibodies, which Trump got. You've heard about that. That stuff works fairly well if given early. But it's hard to get it. It's kind of political and it's kind of limited now. I mean, it's, it's more, there are, I mean, I forget how many, there's millions of doses available, but it's, it's difficult to get it. Now you shouldn't think about it unless you're in a high risk group. And I don't think either one of you are. Um, but, uh, if you're elderly or if you're morbidly obese, or if you have significant medical problems, then you should, present yourself to the emergency room and tell them you want the monoclonal antibodies. And it's a simple thing. You go in the back room and you get, uh, you know, over an hour or something like that, you get an IV and they give you this stuff. And that helps along with the other early treatments, keeping your vitamin D levels up, um, zinc, vitamin C, two to 3,000 milligrams. And we'll put in the show notes recommendations from these various organizations, which, um, uh, you know, which have early treatment recommendations. And, uh, and quercetin, those are the four nutraceuticals that you can take that anyone can buy over the counter. And then you can get ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine from Canadian pharmacy websites without a prescription. That's, uh, you know, perhaps against the rules. Maybe I shouldn't uh, uh, tell you about that, but I can tell you that nobody gets caught, virtually nobody. Sometimes it gets turned back at the border and you have to pay for it twice. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and you can also go to the American Frontline Doctors website, and one of those people for ninety bucks will call it into your pharmacy. But the pharmacies are part of the money grubbing cabal, and they will price gouge you. I heard a story about somebody paying nine hundred dollars for eight hydroxychloroquine capsules. Wow. I mean, it's it's they're 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 it's just evil because this stuff is a couple pennies a capsule you know it should be it's very inexpensive wholesale and uh, ivermectin is probably the more useful of the two drugs and it works into the second and third week the hydroxychloroquine has effects only in the first week but um i and then uh if you get sick 
Um, they give you steroids in the hospital. Most of them are doing that, which means you get mm. um, prednisone or dexamethasone. That's the one that's been used fairly high high doses, and um, and I, you know, some people are some people are writing a um, healthcare uh, release or a healthcare uh, uh, what do they call it a medical uh, uh, contract that they are that their relatives are supposed to present when they get admitted saying they will not take remdesivir under any circumstances, which is, which is good. Now here's, here's a couple of wild stories. <laughs> I mean, here, this is so crazy. Remdesivir was approved because it didn't work. Now that doesn't make sense, but it does make sense if you think about this, because if it did work, if they approved a drug that did work, it kills the whole yeah. thing about the experimental vaccine. Wow. Okay, now why why are the people at the border not being given the jab? The the illegal aliens or the immigrants or whatever you want to call them, the people running across the border, why when they catch them on this when they put the butterfly net over their head on this side, why don't they give them the jab? Because they're not they're citizens of a foreign country and they're not covered necessarily by the the liability immunization, the liability relief that all the Americans are covered by. You get it? Yeah. So oh, it's just crazy. Why are the kids, why are the kids, why are these, why in the world would these companies be attacking our children? Are these, I was going to ask, why that in the world are these companies attacking our children? Why are they saying, why are they trying to get this thing down in the five year olds? I mean, this yeah. is another very evil story. Okay. So the children, the kids under 18, they have a hundred times, 130 times the chances of dying from the jab as dying from COVID. Almost none of them die from COVID. Wow. There's almost not a documented death from COVID in someone that didn't have big medical problems and have, you know, cystic fibrosis or something. Their one foot is in the grave, you know, and one foot is on the banana peel. But uh, the reason why they're going after our children, and this is really evil, is that if they get approval, formal approval for kids, their liability is waived or removed forever for the entire program. You get it? So that's why, I mean, it's sick. Wow. So, so the 17, 16 and 17 year olds, that's who they went after first. And even if they get it approved for 16 and 17 year olds, which is completely worthless for them too, absolutely worthless yeah. and har dam damaging and harmful. Um, if they get it approved for them, um, then their liability is waived or removed for the entire program. <laughs> and I guess to, to go back and with you, with, you, with you saying we should get out more, I was street performing. When, you were. When this happened. Yeah. So during that time, yeah, yeah both taking of us. Cash, we're taking money. Yeah. Um, well, you're outside. All over all the world, over the world. Right? You, you can't get this outside. <laughs> one no, the, you were safe. One of the things that I, that, you know, used to get with me was how was the baby not, you know, at risk of this whole thing. Cause I would see whole families. Everybody has a mask on, but the babies are, the babies are fine. They, the they've got a better and immune I, I system. Was trying, I couldn't make this. Uh, so that's legit. Like the baby is. Yeah. Anybody under 18 is not going to get it. And but how it, are they afraid of babies getting sick from everything else? It makes no sense except for the, the, it makes no sense at all. It's, it's it's uh, like double think or double speak as you read about in 1984. <laughs> mm. I mean it's it's complete nonsense. But behind it all is they want the liability relief release. It, without this liability release for vaccines, which is a historical thing, which Fauci had something to do with, 
you know, I don't know when it was, 30 years ago or something. Without that liability release, the vaccines, we'd have safer vaccines. And we never would have seen this vaccine go anywhere because these companies knew the problems with this thing from the start. They knew what would happen. I thought they were already covered from liability. They are. That's okay. that's the yeah. point. They're covered by the U.S. federal government, and they're they there's there's but only the U.S. So, like you well, said, when it comes to the immigrants coming oh, across, okay. they can't. Now, pharma has made various deals. They're almost extortion deals with these other countries, saying they would supply the vaccine to them if they supplied. Actually, some of them pledge part of their national assets to the process of giving this life. I mean, it's crazy. It's just crazy. These people are, are, uh, there it's bribery, extortion, blackmail. That's their deal. So, yeah. All of the above. Have you personally, um, met, uh, anyone with adverse reaction from the vaccine? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I've got a friend who, uh, had a massive stroke within a few weeks of getting the vaccine. Now his kids don't think uh, that that was due to the vaccine. I tried to red pill him at least to the extent of not getting him another vaccine, but the vaccine causes blood clots. And he had a huge blood clot in the middle of his brain and he turned himself into a golden retriever. He cannot talk and he cannot understand. He can walk around. He's very pleasant. He hugs me. But he's, he's ruined, and he's nine months out now, and he'll never be the same. I have another friend who dropped dead, and uh, we don't know. And he's getting an autopsy. So if he had a massive thrombosis or clot throughout his system or had brain clots or heart clots or lung clots, then we'll know, you know. Um, so, you know, it's hard to establish causality. But, um, you know, you've heard about this myocarditis thing. Yeah. I've been hearing more about myocarditis. I haven't been hearing that much about clots. Yeah. The myocard the the see it's hard to again, it's hard to establish causality, but when a good autopsy is performed on people suspected of this, uh, 14 out of 15 of them have definite evidence that the clot caused the problem. The the clot shot caused the problem, right? There, there are small studies like that. Um, but the myocarditis, the background rate in the whole country has gone into the thousands and it was only in the hundreds prior to this, right? Mm-hmm. So something has caused myocarditis rates to go crazy. Spike. And these things are, they myocarditis kills heart cells. You do not grow back heart cells. It turns into scar tissue. And these people are going to have problems later, even if they're not in the 25% that go in the hospital, and a lot of those die, you know. So, I mean, it's like having a horrible heart attack when you're your age, which doesn't happen. It freaking doesn't happen until now. And, uh, you know, they're, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real problem. And they're we calling it mild yeah, symptoms. They, they claim it's mild. The standard rate of hospitalization for myocarditis is a quarter. And it's looking to more to the astute observers like this new myocarditis caused by this vaccine is uh, very similar to ordinary myocarditis, which is it's a terrible disease. If you get it, you're, you know, I mean, you're probably going to have long term problems. You know, you probably have heart even if you're I mean, somebody like you, you know, 30, what? 30, 39, 39. Well, I'll be 39 in March. Your your reserves are vast. You know, you're, you could, you could, your heart could be working at 20% capacity. You'd still be walking around. You know, your lung reserves are, they're huge. But if you cut everything down 50%, 
you're not going to see problems for years, maybe decades. And as you, as you deteriorate, like, like I am deteriorated, I'm 68, you know, everything kind of slides downhill slowly. That 50%, you know, you I know, good. I look great yeah. <laughs> for my age. You have to say for, for your age, you're moving for your good. age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so as you do that slide, whatever remaining capacity declines and you get in trouble earlier. So, I mean, that's, that's a reason not to take the, I mean, it's a risky, risky thing risky. to take that clot shot, you know? And I mean, Christ, my kids completely ignored me. Yeah, they've been all been jabbed, triple jabbed. I mean, they don't, wow. <laughs> they don't listen to me, you know, but they work for corporates who have pushed it. And now, thank goodness, we seem to have gotten around the hundred, you know, the story about the yeah. Supreme Court. Uh, yeah. I mean, they seem to have done the right thing there, but there's, they're basically uh, giving it to the healthcare providers and, there's no benefit. I mean, it's not, it, it's not changing the transmission rate or anything else. It's all been a verbal, um, a verbal f- lie with this quote vaccine term. Yeah. And you know, they changed the definition of vaccine, right? You know, if you heard that, that story. Yeah. yeah. The vaccine uh, traditionally has been defined as something that gives you longer term immunity. Yeah. Right. Well, since this didn't give them immunity, they, they define it as something to decrease disease activity. So which they is still what it, call it a vaccine. They still, they still call it a okay. vaccine. And that, that, that connotation rings through everybody's head that it's a vaccine. And, you know, it's a, a lie repeated enough uh, becomes a truth. Yeah. Something else they've taken away. Yeah. <laughs> Just the, the whole meaning of a word. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you see the light? well now as far as there are some good things that have happened in medicine for the last the last two years and uh two of the things that if you have an oddball diagnosis or a difficult cancer or something like that you can get into these patient online patient groups and that's very helpful and there are people in those groups that are know as much about the diseases as the doctors and they will help you for free many times so um the other thing is, is you can get a consultation from any doctor you want if you're willing to pay them whatever it costs, you know, 50 or 100 or $1,000. If you can pay the, the, the piper, you can go to freaking Harvard and get the top guy at Harvard to look at your oddball cancer, you know. And that, that's been new with virtual stuff. And you guys are virtual employees now, right? So you've, got, yeah. you've taken advantage of all that. Um, so it's, it's just great. My kids are all virtual you know, they, they're, they're having the time of their lives. I, well, I have one that I'm not sure what she's doing, but she's, <laughs> she's having a good time. She gets to work out all day yeah. <laughs> and get paid yeah, for it, I think. But I guess working. I shouldn't say that in a public forum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the remote work has been the best part about this whole yeah. pandemic thing. So. so, and it does seem like the narrative is shifting about COVID itself um, the censorship seems a little better. There are these organizations that are admitting the the, uh, the clot shot, at least as it's currently constructed, is bad news. Um, it obviously doesn't treat the current variant. And, uh, you know, I'm just a little afraid Pfizer's going to invent something and claim it works, and then they're going to have another round of all this stuff in Australia and everywhere else. Um, but I think in America... Uh, the the i think it's on its i think the covid thing is on its way out but i could be wrong i mean i think we're we should set ourselves up to be attacked again because we now have identified um these global predators who who uh want to just scare the hell out of everybody lock them down and uh and and create almost a mind control environment where um 
where uh, they can they can become very influential and possibly even uh, you know uh, run the show entirely like they seem to be doing in Australia and Canada and Germany I mean Germany I'm ashamed of them I mean they they've been through all this horrible stuff in the 20th century I mean World War II was the central mystery of the 20th century how a christian nation could have gotten into that and been led by a leader like that and gone so far out on a limb and had all that genocidal activity but they they look like they're they're going back down the same path and my friends and you know the people i podcasted for who are from former communist countries they see they say it looks very very much like a pattern they recognize which is ominous yeah it's ominous so We'll see. We're hope, you know, you guys should use this platform and try to um, get people to understand what's going on. You there, you now have the tools, um, and you can uh, you you can uh, do your best to educate people and be good examples. You, you know, go outside and enjoy your your time in L.A. I mean, it's it's a fabulous place to hang out for two years, isn't it? I oh, mean, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we love it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it. you, you've got a nice place and uh, you're up above it, and uh, I mean, I. I, I, you know, city life is, it's really cool. My son's in New York and he's having the time of his life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Same sort of thing. We're country at heart though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, a country yeah. boy. She's like a country girl. So we do like yeah, traveling and being outdoors and nature. You you should, um, you should vlog and, and show what you're up to. And oh, yeah, we do oh, yeah. Yeah. On, on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. Some, some interesting things. Yeah. We're at the beach and stuff. You're, you're a colorful couple. <laughs> thank yeah. you yeah and we're definitely gonna have to have you have you back for a couple of the episodes sure. as well to help us kind of continue to educate us and the audience as well I and we got a, of course period <laughs> a lot of other things to talk about and continue to update people as this you know goes on yeah uh, you know we we didn't get heavily into the um healthcare corruption thing uh, that, that preceded that book of mine is sort of like a history of the prior 20 years. And I mean, I thought that was going to be the end of the story right there. I could go out and be a crusader against healthcare corruption, but it got a whole lot worse with COVID. And then the hormone book, there's a lot of detail there, which is interesting. It's, it's more interesting to people over 50 or over 45, but it's has many applicabilities to younger people too, in some cases. I mean, like the polycystic ovary disease can be treated very well and fertility can be restored in people that have that. And uh, so that's definitely one of the reasons we'll have to have you back because (laughs) we definitely have to unpack the whole hormones uh, book. And because personally, I've been dealing with um, premature uh, menopause and I read a lot about PCOS as well. And I feel like that's becoming more prevalent um, with young people these days. So it's it's something that I do want to discuss on a podcast. Right. And I'm happy to discuss it in general. Obviously, I'm not playing doctor anymore, so I'm not going to be your doctor. But I've I've already referred you to somebody who's uh, 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 in my group, and uh, I think he can do a great job for you. Appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, guys... I really have enjoyed this. You guys are uh, you're very cordial, and you're excellent interviewers. And uh, Thank you. I hope you didn't mind me going on and bloviating too much. Oh, um, <laughs> no. Actually, you're our first in-studio um, guest from uh, for Matchmaker. For season two. For season two. Yeah, yeah, for season two from Matchmaker. You're my first in-studio interview. Yeah. Really? I thought it'd be fun. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. We've 
we're grateful to have you. And definitely, you got to come back. Okay. Uh, um, actually, we should probably try for next month sometime. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, available. Actually, yeah, as soon yeah. as. Yeah, yeah. That, the hormone conversation is something I definitely, we definitely want to, you know, have for other people as well. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And, and we I appreciate I, you breaking down all this knowledge as well. Th- thanks really again. Really appreciate that. Really, okay. really appreciate it. And I, I you know, I Gypsy know, and Classic, it's been a great pleasure. Thank, thanks so much. Thank you. Any um, links that you'd like to give the audience? Sure. We'll put them in the show notes, but my website is robertyohoauthor.com and you can get uh, free. You can listen to half my books for free there. You can, um, I used to have downloads, but you can, the downloads are inexpensive. It's like four bucks on uh, Amazon Kindle and uh, what else? And then links to um, COVID stories, the vaccine stories and so on. Um, I think the most important links are, We've got, we got, we'll have treatment links in the show notes. And the most important links are to the real Anthony Fauci by RFK Jr. You can get that as a Kindle or a regular book. And then to uh, the podcasts are the best ones, in my opinion, are Kennedy's podcast, uh, Children's Health Defense, and then uh, Bregan's podcast, com, And, uh, and Mercola is just a tremendous fountain of information. I'm not sure he's right about all the vitamin stuff, but um, he's certainly has a lot of information about what's going on. He and RFK were termed uh, the number one uh, public enemies for misinformation. And that means, for by Biden, I think. And that means that they're- Are you familiar with Riza Islam? What's that? Uh, Riza Islam, it's a, a guy. No. He's, oh yeah, he's an educator and he kind of he speaks on the same thing. Yeah, well, nice. forward, forward his information to you as well. And he's actually in Compton. I think he's originally from Compton, but he is a, um, with the Nation of Islam, and he speaks on it as well. Has he been in, on your podcast? No, actually, yeah, it'd be an honor to have him as well. But we'd it's a, probably a different network and trying to get him get him in. Sure, yeah. you should approach him. The world belongs to the askers. Yeah, <laughs> well, yes. definitely. Yes, <laughs> yes, we'll definitely reach out. Yeah. Well, thanks again. All right, thank you. And for the podcast, you can find us at americangypsy.com. Gypsy spelled. G-Y-P-C. Um, you find links to our online store at Luam Lee. Uh, you, you can get uh, consistent self-improvement merch, and um, you can find links to our Patreon. We have membership tiers there for exclusive content. And all of that would be in AmericanGypsy.com. Thank you for listening. And I also forget to say that you can also listen to some music at Classic Carpenter, C-A-R-P. E-N-T-A on Spotify or all major platforms. If you want to just, you know, relax to some music. I haven't been promoting my music lately. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening. Consistent self-improvement, and we'll see you next time. All right. Now, Style, what was your street performance?